We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience. Let's get at this again. Outlaw Tour, Golden State Tour, it's it's the Legacy Classic. Just a reminder that first tee is 10 a.m. Eastern Time on Monday, so there's showdown contests up on DraftKings right now. For that, I suggest everyone go play it. Also, smash a like for the episode and tell me in the comment section who you think is going to win. And rate and review the Pat Mayo Experience five stars and leave a nice comment up there because we need as many of those reviews as possible, especially at the current moment. And if you want to get into a draw to win an Outlaw Tour hoodie when you see the show on social media, give it a retweet. Share it on Facebook, whatever it might be. That'll put you in the draw to win an Outlaw Tour hoodie. Also, FantasyNational.com, the premier golf stats and tools site on the planet is currently free for everyone to use the master's field has been loaded in there right now all you need to do no credit card information or anything like that just put in your email and you can get access to the site if you're ever wondering about fantasynational.com how to use it just go to fantasynational.com right now sign up and you'll have free access until like real golf ends up coming back anyway rick gaiman is on the line what's up man (laughs) Hey Pat, this is uh, this is something we got here. Outlaw Tour, Golden State Tour, love it, man. Yeah, you are far more versed in this than I think I am. Like you know, eight people in this tournament. <laughs> All right, yeah. Do we need a disclaimer at the top that uh, we are certainly not experts in this? But I I have had a chance to to talk to some of these guys. I've done as much research as I think uh, I could have done. So yeah, eight, eight to 10 guys. I have a pretty good feel on the rest of the field. No idea who they are. Okay. So we'll find there is one extreme odds value player. Who's cheap on DraftKings. We'll get to the pricing and we'll get to the odds in a minute. Uh, tell people where they can actually do their research for this stuff, because I'm looking right now, like this is the, which one is this called now? This is the legacy classic. The legacy shootout was two weeks ago. And this is the exact same course, right? Yeah, same exact course as two weeks ago. It's the Legacy Golf Resort. It's in Phoenix. Uh, That was an outlaw tour event. Uh, From my understanding, the way it's working now is the Golden State Tour, which is presumably a larger tour than the outlaw tour, 
when they run events in Arizona, they're either co-sanctioned or they've just pooled resources, but they're essentially running as one. So unfortunately for us trying to find a lot of the information, some of it may be on the Outlaw Tours version of this website, and some might be on the Golden State Tours version of this website. So you kind of have to click back and forth between two, and then you can able, you're able to kind of compi uh, compile all of the schedules, all of the results and, and scores and things like that. So that's a lot of fun. The last time yeah. it was played here, it was, and this is going to be three rounds, correct? That's correct. Three rounds, uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And last time it started on a Tuesday, but it was only two rounds. That's right. Yep. Two, two round events, just two weeks, two weeks ago, literally. Yeah. So we're going to get three full days of showdown slate. Uh, I have not seen any of the full slate stuff happen, but I believe it's top 43 in ties end up making the cut after the first two rounds. And the last time it was held here, Galetti won, but Galetti's not in the field this time. Yeah, I don't know what he's uh, what he's passing this one up for. Maybe he's getting ready for the Scottsdale Open next week. But yeah, not in the field to defend his two-week-old crown. The Scottsdale Open has real people in it, though. Yeah, Joel, Joel Damon, Kevin Streelman, uh, Pat Perez is on the board. I don't know if he's going to play. I assume he would. Uh, but then you're going to see a ton of Corn Ferry Tour players, um, maybe other guys that have PGA Tour experience. It's going to be the best field that we've seen in this hiatus for sure. Okay, so that will be exciting to do. The best field that I think we saw during the hiatus was that random one, and it was either, I think it was Texas, maybe Florida, that had like Scheffler and Hovland, and yeah. who else was in it? Will Zalateros? Uh, Will, Will Zalatokis or whatever finished third, but yeah, I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, I, where were the odds on that? Where was the DraftKings contest on that one? DraftKings, open up your ears. Yeah, kind of missed out. Yeah, for, for whatever reason, DraftKings has the the – fantasy golf and sports betting mecca is arizona at the moment and it's it's this tour right here there's i i i kind of brushed this off for the first couple of weeks pat i was like i'm not even gonna think about outlaw tour or whatever and then i watched the prize pools grow and now you're talking like 25 grand to first every single day i'm like okay i've, I've got to be involved in this now yeah i almost did the exact same thing and i was hurting for content i'm not gonna lie to you at least like the nfl draft gave me two weeks and then we could do like some recaps on that that was fun but now we're in like the nitty-gritty of this so we have outlaw tour golf ufc returns next week so check out cody and paul doing their breakdown for ufc 249 and then you know the colonial is not too far away it's a month away we're we're like four and a half weeks out it like uh, we're already i think seven or eight weeks into this something like that so uh assuming all of these dates stay it's it's light at the end of the tunnel pat like it's it's coming i mean i know nascar not something that you and i are, are both particularly interested in but they're coming back in like two weeks so there's going to be live real sporting events that we're going to be talking about soon and this week if you if you consider mini tour golf well, let's get into this field then. Uh, the Outlaw Tour for the Legacy Classic. We have last week's winner, uh, a guy you talked to, K.K. Limholst. It is pronounced Limbasut, believe it or not. What? Yeah, it's uh, he is from Thailand. Uh, K.K. Limbasut, who won last week's GCU Championship, which is a major on the Golden State Tour. So ten grand in his pocket for that win. He's out of Cal. Uh, he was on the team with um, uh, Morikawa for a couple of years. That's that's it. Okay, so he's 10-7 in day one showdown. Dylon woo, is second in the pricing. He's 10-4. Then you got Jeremy Paul, one of the Paul brothers. He's 10-2. Yep. Matt Pisciano is an even $10,000. Uh, then we have Mark 
Anguiano. He is 98. Colton Yates, 98. Eddie Olson, 95. Yannick Paul, the second of the Paul brothers, 92. And David Gazzolo, 91. And Alistair Dutry is $9,000. Now, these guys range in pricing in terms of the betting odds kind of up and down the board here. So we have Limbasut. Is that what you said his name was? That's it, Limbasut. Yep. Limbasut and Wu are plus 450, so four and a half to one. Uh, Pisciano is nine to one. Aguiano is 11. Jeremy Paul is 10. Colton Yates is 16. And Yannick Paul is 14. So when we go back and look at all the previous winners of this, it's mainly one of the favorites that ends up winning almost every week, isn't it? So generally, yes. Um, the, the way that I kind of feel about this, and, and a lot of times in, in sports, in golf betting, like I won't bet DJ at six to one or seven to one because the margins between PGA Tour players is razor thin. You know, we talk about this all the time. The difference between a half a stroke scoring average on the PGA Tour is making like millions of dollars or missing out on your tour card and losing your eligibility. In mini tour events, the range of golfers is massive. So if you have like 2000 bucks, Pat, you can play this event. You pay the, the 11 or 1200 bucks for your season membership. You pay your $800 to get entry into this event and you tee it up, uh, which means you get a wide range of golfers from local guys who just want to play it, uh, guys that play mini tours for you know their income. And then now you're getting these guys that are coming down from the Corn Ferry Tour, uh, the McKenzie Tour, uh, PGA Tour, Latin America, who are trying to stay in shape. And they're kind of throwing everything out of whack because they are, in theory, by far the best players in the field. So you're seeing over two and three rounds, these guys really rise to the top because the margin of skills is is much wider here. Yeah, and we saw that last week because it was a three-round event, not a two-round event, that the cream of the crop really did rise over the course of the three days. Like in a single round, whether you're playing DraftKings Showdown or even a two-round event, obviously the variance is just going to be higher because it's a shorter period of time. Yeah, for sure. And, and, and the other thing about this tour is, you know, we always kind of joke that the corn fairy tour is a shootout. Like these are shootouts. Okay. So KK Limbasu shoots 21 under par last week, one by one shot going seven under in the final round and broke the course record in round one. Like that is unbelievably low. If you put those two situations together on uh, the PGA tour, the corn Ferry tour, the guy wins by like six or seven shots. Like these are all shootouts. You have to keep your just foot down on the pedal the entire time. And what we've seen, the only reason I bring that up is because from a betting perspective, it's a bit tougher this week because both of the favorites are plus 450. That's not really enough. But last week, if you would just bet the five big favorites, I think that Wu was the favorite and he was like eight to one. So you had like two eight to one guys, a 10 to one guy, a 12 to one guy and a 14 to one guy. If you would just bet those five, you could have got like three to one on your money. Yeah. Yeah. KK cashed my ticket. I think I got him at 12. Some, some worse books had him at, at eight, but yeah, he was, he was around uh double digit marks or a little bit better. And yeah, you would have, you would have profited. It's, it's pretty short this week with Wu and KK where they're at, but yeah, th- those guys are going to eat up a huge chunk of the win equity. So would you lean towards the players that played in this tournament two weeks ago? Do you think? I think so. It's kind of weird, right? I I mentioned the different types of players, uh, guys that obviously played well. And this course is like 800 
yards shorter than even last week. Like this is going to be a short wedge fest. Uh, KK told me he loves his wedges. He loves where he's at. He was knocking on the door before his win last week. So, uh, and he played well here two weeks ago. He finished third at the legacy classic or legacy shootout legacy shootouts. This is the legacy classic. Um, and so I would definitely lean for guys that are pl uh, who played well last week, but then some of these guys are just trying to stay in shape. Like that's my one concern with, with Dylan Wupat. And, and I think he's right to do this. He was basically telling me, I'm using this just to like, I, I don't want to peak now. I want to peak when the corn fairy tour comes back because he's fourth on the money list and was killing it before they went to hiatus and he's trying to get his tour card. So that doesn't mean he's not going to, you know, stomp on everybody's throat when he has the opportunity to win this thing. I just think he has a little bit different priorities. Well, I mean, if he's not playing to the best of his abilities right now, his talent just kind of supersedes that. He's played two weeks on this tour. And he's come fifth and sixth. He's he's so good. And his official world golf ranking is by far the best in the field, I believe. He's 304th. To put that into perspective, I think KK is like 1284 or something like that. And quite frankly, a lot of these guys don't even have official world, world golf ranking points. So, yes, I, I completely think Dylan Wu is the best player in the field. He knows it. He, he, he wins this a, a big chunk of the time. But I know that his attention is squarely focused on the Corn Ferry Tours return. So who were the three golfers that you actually spoke with? So it was KK Limbasut, it was Dylan Wu, and then it was Brent Grant. Uh, he he fired like I think it was an eight under round uh, last week at the GCU Championship in the final round. Um, he is he's from all over the place, but he went to college in in Hawaii and he's on the Corn Ferry Tour. He's not playing this week. We're going to see him next time at the um, at Talking Stick for the Scottsdale Open. Okay, so when we're filling out our DraftKings rosters, obviously we want to you know front load all of the best players possible. That's almost like the same strategy as every week. The problem now becomes we don't know who any of these people at the bottom end are. So the biggest odds value on the board right now, if you scroll all the way, Rick, down to $7,000, yep. you have a guy by the name of Carson Roberts. Carson Roberts won on the Outlaw Tour four weeks ago, and he's 25-1 to 1 in this field to win this week. He hasn't played since he won but if you just look at the guys around him in pricing uh you have like caleb ramirez 225 to 1 danny gorman 300 to 1 michael dominic 750 to 1 carson roberts 25 to 1 now you can play this one of two ways you can say this is a free square and go for it um and i don't think that the majority of people playing this i mean i would guess that even in a single day showdown this would probably be more beneficial if it was week long because you can fade anyone realistically in a single day showdown and get away with it if they just have like a paltry round but for a guy who seems to be so much more talented than everyone he's around i think i would just eat the chalk on this and it gives you access to everyone at the top yeah, almost all of my builds thus far have have rolled through uh, Carson Roberts. You're right. He not only won four weeks ago, but he he lapped the field. He won it by like six shots. I think he was 23 under par. Um, we see his name a lot on this tour. He's he's if you go back and look at last six, seven, eight weeks, you know, we would compare that to like a PGA tour golfer and we'd be like, wow, he's piling up the top fives. He's piling up the top tens. This guy's in great form. The pricing's wrong. The pricing is absolutely wrong on him. Um, I imagine he's going to be pretty popular, but I don't want to play anybody under 7,000. I've kind of steered away from those guys. Uh, the only one of the other names that kind of entices me, even in the low sevens is 7,400. It's Nick. I, I say Armand, but I think they they pronounce it differently, but Nick Armand um, outside of his one 
round, his second round last week, he went 65. So he went 65, 73, 66. Now you and I know this, Pat, if you even shoot a 68 in a mini tour event, you're probably losing ground on the field. Shooting a 73 is terrible. (laughs) Uh, But the fact that he went low in each of his other two rounds and you're only getting him one round at a time here he offers that really go low ability. It's only $400 more than, than Roberts is. He's someone that I'm kind of, um, it's not a, a, a nearly a, a perfect pivot because he's more expensive, but I'm, I'm allocating some resources there. So the two guys that I was looking at outside of the very top end, one was a guy that Wiley put me on to last week. Um, he didn't really do all that well. Uh, it's Mitchell Carlson, but he was fourth at this event two weeks ago at this course and he comes out at a pretty reasonable price he's seventy nine hundred dollars and the other one was tarzan dan hudson at eighty one hundred dollars i was looking at him just because his name is dan hudson i was like i used to roster a guy in fantasy baseball named dan hudson so the name just kind of jumps out to you then you start looking at it you're like oh like he's not bad so over the past three weeks or his past three events he played last week he was ninth and 13th did not play this event two weeks ago but showed up last week after three weeks off and came top 10 once again so it's a pretty distinct trend like you can identify who the good players are who the bad players are like just by looking at recent form generally speaking like kk wins and his lead into that was third 16th second third Wu comes in fifth, sixth. Jeremy Paul has an eighth, a 16th, a seventh, a sixth, and a fifth. I assume that means he comes fourth this week uh, if we just play <laughs> out those projections. Yannick Paul has come inside the top 10 in each of his past four starts. Same as Colton Yates. Like, it's clear. And, like, even Carson Roberts. Carson Roberts hasn't finished outside the top five in any of his past, five, f- past five starts, and he has a win. So the only other guys that are kind of like that, Hudson's one of them with two top 10s. Uh, and Kyle Slattery, who was top 10 at this event well, two weeks ago, has a ninth and tenth in his past two starts so those would be the types of players that i'd be looking at yeah i think that's right and i think it just speaks to if you're a guy like kk or you're a guy like dylan Wu, having 80 percent of your best stuff might be good enough for a top five here that that's not true on all tours it's not true on the corn ferry or the pga tour so yeah i i agree i think it's about getting different combinations of a very small uh, group of golfers but then also like uh, you know, a, a Brendan jelly from, from last week where he goes out and shoots 65, 64, 64. Like I'd be sprinkling in a couple of guys that I've never heard of <laughs> uh, quite frankly, because we don't know. I mean, some of these guys have uh, zero history that we can find online and might go out and shoot. If you catch them on the, the round, they shoot a 65, like you've, you've turned your, uh, your, your 2% guy into, into big rewards. Because what I've been noticing Pat is basically everyone that I rock, or maybe I'm doing it wrong is like 10 to 20 percent owned. I think we're all in this very much group think identifying 12 or 14 guys that we're willing to play. And if you can find one outside, like, and, I, and I'll be honest with you, I, I'm doing like some of my six guys are completely random guys I've never heard of, just trying to find a little bit of an edge in some of these larger GPPs. Yeah, like when we're going about it, like someone like Dan Hudson at this tournament two weeks ago shot 76 in the second round, but he was 68 in the first round, which I think you almost have to focus on who can go low in any given day. Like you were mentioning earlier that these guys aren't, listen, they're playing on the outlaw tour. They're not the cream of the crop when it comes to consistent golf, but if you can just have the guy who can go exceptionally low, it's a one day for DraftKings At least it's a one day event. So you just need that one day to be the day that you take that person. You can shoot 78 the next day for all you care. So I think that's the way that you should almost approach it. The problem is it's just, it's tough to find these people. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, some of them like, and unfortunately, he has a name that people recognize, but it's it's Sam Triplett, who's Kirk Triplett's son. Um, didn't play particularly great last week, but his second round was a sixty-three. Which, if KK didn't break the course record on, I'm gonna say, I wanted to say Thursday, but these tournaments start on like Mondays and Tuesdays. <laughs> if he didn't break the record in round one, uh, Triplett would have tied the course record in round two. So like, that's the ability to go really, really low that we're looking for, or even like, I, I like Riley Wielden. Riley Wielden's $8,700 and good or bad. This is kind of like being the minor league home run King. He leads the money tour uh, or he leads the money list on the outlaw tour. Um, he won a handful of weeks ago. He's been popping up all over the place. Uh, I like Wielden as someone who I think we've forgotten about over the last two weeks or so and see if he can bounce back and have a, a top five finish. Yeah. Wielden had the best, or had the best round of the day in round two at this course two weeks ago, but he opened with a 72. He ended up finishing T11, which is fine, but it gets masked because he had the one low round and the one shitty round. Yeah. And like, you don't like it's, it is weird. Like I'm trying to train my brain like, Oh, T11. I guess I don't care as much, right? Like I care about that 68 or I care about that 73. Um, but it's weird to kind of train my brain because some of these guys, and I think you mentioned it. Um, even, even Daniel Hudson last week, like 67, 66, 66 is awesome for him. And I'm probably going to roster a lot of him, but I almost would have preferred it was 63 69 64 something like that you know what i mean yeah just you can really get access to these very low rounds that's the only thing that really matters for drafting so i think that's the move you take like you just eat carson roberts chalk maybe pair him with some person you've probably you want to stay away from the amateurs generally speaking some of them actually had decent rounds last week in the final round but like you could also get that guy who shot like 92 96 for all you know uh yeah i mean i i I laugh but you are not exaggerating that guy shot 96 98 (laughs) in those two rounds uh, a couple of weeks ago yeah i i would i you know a quick google search on a lot of these guys reveals at least hey they've played on the corn ferry in the past year they've played on the the mckenzie tour they've played on the latin american tour those are the guys i'm looking for the the ams are usually young guys in the area, they might still be in college. They might just be trying to get, you know, some competitive juices flowing and get, get access to competitive professional golf. I, I will not be rostering them. So for me, I'm going to put in two bets this week, just because I, okay. I want to have some action in. So I'm going to bet the two guys that I brought up, Dan Hudson and Mitchell Roberts. They're both 60 to one this week. And I'll play them with the top five each way. That'll be my, uh, my investment of 50 bucks this week. All right, I I will probably focus a little bit uh, on the shorter side, but I don't want to go too short. I, I think Yannick Paul, uh, one of the Paul brothers, he's I have him at sixteen to one. Uh, he's been playing great. Him and Jeremy are both awesome. Uh, but Yannick finished second here two weeks ago, so I'm thinking maybe he can keep these good vibes going. He can beat out his brother a little bit. Jeremy's been playing just a little bit better than him over the past couple of weeks. I'm going to go with Yannick at 16. And then I don't know, I'm like kind of a sucker for going back to KK who uh, like it's super short. I would never, ever bet it, but he just like kept telling me how good his game was and that his wedges are so good and he's been rolling everything in and the results show it. I'm like, he might just be the best player in this field and he might just, he might just win it again, but uh, probably won't get my investment in terms of a bet, but probably have him in a lot of DraftKings lineups. Yeah. So he would be the expensive guy that you would build around. Like, like we mentioned with Robert. So if you put Roberts into your lineup, 
And that's C. Roberts, not O. Roberts, by the way. Uh, I mean, maybe you just pivot off of Roberts to Roberts. It, it's easy enough. 173, 17,000. But, like, you get 8,600 per player. So you go with your guy, KK. You throw in your dude, Yannick Paul. And then you still have 7,700 left over. You can fit in Hudson. You can fit in... Uh, fit in Hudson you can fit in fuck was the other guy Mitchell and then you know put in the rando that you think you can kind of go with now now that we've said that like I don't even know how people are approaching picking the lineups for this I assume they're all just like using Mike Miller sheets and just like looking at the board or just looking at last week's leaderboard that I know I you you might just want to throw like the the pebble into the machine and just see what pops out at the bottom end here uh, yeah. And, and the thing that I've been doing is just leaving money on the table. Uh, yeah. be, be the guy who, who spends 49,500, get, get yourself a unique lineup. Even if you are building around, uh, someone like Carson Roberts or, or the guys at the top spend, spend 49, five, give your chance to give yourself a chance to, uh, win this by yourself. But yeah, it's, it's a lot of educated guests. Uh, I've seen a lot of people who are just, I'll, I'll just run the same lineup back all three days and see what happens there. See if I can catch uh, one day, because if I liked these guys, maybe I can get, you know, get the, get the day right. So a lot of different strategies. This is all very new to us and we're figuring it out as we go along. Yeah. I would say, I mean, I don't know how Tom Lehman's son really is, but I would probably say fade him because he doesn't seem to be any good. And people think it's like actually Tom Lehman, who I assume is like 65, but he at least has name recognition. Yeah, that's that's the that's actually like I hate that I like Sam Triplett, but I hate that his name is Triplett because I know people are just going to click it because they see it. Um, but you're right, you and, and it's not saying that he's like who's better, Sam Triplett or Mark Anguiano? Uh, probably Mark Anguiano. I have no idea. I mean, likely him. He's a mini tour player, but uh, people who if you if they don't know their names, they're going to go under owned. Um, it's just like, you know, Ricky Fowler goes classically over-owned because people like him, triplet, layman, they're going to go over-owned just because they recognize the name. All right. Do you, do you have anything else on the outlaw tour before we get back into other golf? Um, no, it's, it's, I, I at least enjoy that they've leaned into this and said, okay, we'll periscope some of this stuff. And, uh, no, all the guys seem to really like riding in carts and wearing shorts and using range finders, but no, I don't think I have anything else. Is Burdick in this field? Ooh. No, he's not. I don't think so. See, that's not good. I was looking at, if you go on the Outlaw Tour site, you can go back and look two weeks ago for the Legacy Shootout, and they just have, like, it's not, like, full stats or anything like that. But you can find, uh, like, K. Gorbon in the second round had seven birdies in the round. Mm. Yeah, that's not bad. That's big-time scoring. Also, I found out uh, Samuel Sanders, Samuel Saunders, excuse me, is not Sam Saunders, grandson of Arnold Palmer. It is some guy who played on the McKenzie Tour like three years ago. Not the same guy. E. Lebo had five birdies in the round. That's another guy. I don't know if he's in the field or not. Lee. Um, who's this? Oh, no, I got – oh, Eric Lillibo. How much is he? Because he, he keeps popping up on these leaderboards. That, that's, that's, I don't think he's playing is the thing. Oh, that's the problem. Yeah, okay. he's that not. Yeah, he's not in the field. Well, that was a good try. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Corn Ferry released their schedule. Yeah, okay. So the – did you see what the PGA tour is going to do with like eligibility moving forward and how it affects these corn fairy guys? I have not. Do you have insight into this? I've been trying to not read like really boring articles and just have someone explain <laughs> it to me. That would be much easier. Uh, 
it is pretty boring. There's there's more to it, but generally speaking, uh, the guys who have PGA Tour membership are not going to lose their uh, their tour status this year. So the PGA Tour does right by their PGA Tour players, but it really kind of impacts the Corn Ferry Tour in kind of a crappy way. Um, when I talked to Brent Grant about it, he was actually kind of excited about it. When I talked to Dylan Wu, I think he realized it might kind of hurt some of these uh, some of these corn fairy guys because the way they're doing this is the top 10 on the corn fairy tour are basically going to be allowed to play the alternate events on the PGA tour which is the you know the six events that run opposite of WGCs. the majors and the uh, the WGCs but they're not going to get there's not going to be those 25 graduates this year um, so Dylan Dylan was saying if I get that, if I get that top 10 and can play the alternate events, which he he's currently like fourth or fifth on the money list, he's in that area. He might not even want to play those alternate events because you'd have to go out and like win one of those to get your PGA card when really you'd probably be better off playing six events on the corn Ferry tour for the full wraparound season and then get like your full tour card as one of the top 25 graduates next year. So it's like basically put a delay on everybody on the corn Ferry tour for a year. Okay, so the events that are coming up on the Corn Ferry Tour, they're going to restart June 8th. So that's just after Colonial is scheduled to go. And that's going to be yeah. at Sawgrass. <laughs> it's it's at the Dye Valley course, I believe. Yes. So it's not TPC Sawgrass, but it's uh, one of the ones in the complex. Yeah, so it's not the stadium course. It's the Dye Valley course. Right. Still, that's going to be the first event. And then they're going to go to St. Augustine, Florida. These are two new events uh, for the at the king and bear world golf hall of fame course so that'll be fun that's the next week and then again the next week the utah championship which i've just found out that mike weir is playing in wow there you go mike weir has he played on the corn fairy tour before uh, i believe so not a okay. an amazing amount of results but i believe he turns 50 like the week after so i think it's a tune-up for the champions tour is he going to be good on the champions tour i, I don't think so but it's really, uh, but, but it's, like, it's always like, really hard. It's it's really hard to gauge who's going to be good on the yeah. Champions Tour and who's not. Like, in my mind, I don't understand how VJ doesn't win every event. <laughs> well, I feel like just being between fifty and fifty-five on the Champions Tour, it gives you a huge advantage. Like when you are fresh on the tour, there's a guy I, I can't remember his name. I don't think it's Scott Harrington, but it's somebody who oh, like Scott, his first it's Scott McCarron. Scott McCarron, where like his first pro events were like the champions tour basically and then he like dominated for like four years and won everything because he was like the youngest most spry of the guys like i, I don't even know how to handicap that stuff no i it's just i guess it's who takes it seriously and who doesn't would be kind of my guess like stricker won out he had a ton of success i think vj won a major but like vj is still more concerned about competing at like the honda classic and the masters than he is about the champions tour yeah he might be using champions tour to tune up for his few starts at on the PGA tour and like Mike Weir's using the corn fairy tour to get ready for the champions tour. So those are the first or the first three events. So you go Florida, Florida, Utah, then you're at TPC Colorado the following week. And then the next two weeks, July 6th and July 13th, they're both in San Antonio. Uh, and we get the Oaks course, which used to be on the PGA tour yep. um, for back-to-back events. How hot is it going to be in San Antonio on July 6th? uh i'm gonna assume very hot uh and then also what i think they're gonna do is not this season but next season's wrap like their wraparound season next year is gonna kind of be like the pga tour where there's gonna be like 
40 something events and it's going to be con- like, there's going to be no break uh so we're going to see like if you were, if you're in the top 10 on the end of this short season you get those alternate field starts but you'd rather be in the top 25 after the next like 45 events and guarantee yourself a card it's going to be real it's going to be a ton of golf for us to talk about i assume yeah there, there's going to be i wonder if i mean i i you'd think i would know this but i don't that if they're doing outlaw tour, but I guess the PGA tour will be back when corn Ferry comes like the corn Ferry should really run like Monday or Sunday, Monday to Thursday or something like that. Just go opposite well, the PGA tour. But I guess that they, would, that would fuck people on like Monday qualifying and stuff. Well, they did do that, but I think they stopped doing it. Like there, there was a time where they, they tested that. And I agree. I think that, I think the Monday qualifying thing screws it up maybe you go tuesday wednesday thursday i don't know but they they tried that i don't know what their plan is moving forward but it's a it's a good idea i think they were only doing it for the central american events mm. i don't know if it was like the regular stuff and maybe just that's that's how you always do it in golf so if you're taking over a course those are the days that it goes but if they can get a partnership with DraftKings, for example like think about how much DraftKings has done for the outlaw tour already yeah. Yeah. Think about what it could do for the Corn Ferry Tour, knowing that that stuff that's on TV, for one thing, it would give Golf Channel way more stuff to actually show in terms of live golf. And then people would want to bet it because it's happening. Like, no one wants to bet or play DraftKings on the Corn Ferry Tour when it's going head to head with the PGA Tour, but put it off on its own isolated island. And it's not to say that you're going to have $25,000 daily contests, but you'd get people playing it. People are playing fucking League of Legends. This this is the perfect example, this hiatus that we're in of like, if you build it, they will come, right? Like allocate your resources to the Corn Fairy Tour. Get us DraftKings contests for the Corn Fairy Tour. People will watch, people will tune in. Uh, Dylan Wu went to Northwestern, very bright guy. He was like all about this. He was like, yeah, like getting getting people to know the you know the non top 10 PGA tour players getting to know their names like that helps everybody out it's good exposure for those guys it's good exposure for the tours like this is the time we're proving it right now with the outlaw tour that if you give us contests for hell the LPGA tour the corn fairy tour the champions tour there is a market for this as long as there's a way we can watch it follow along with it and enjoy it Yeah, and being in quarantine with no sports going on is one thing. Obviously, people are going to play and bet on, and it's not even like a ton of people are, I mean, they're playing a ton of DraftKings for Outlaw Tour. I don't know what like the betting handle is going to be for it. But once everything is, let's say, back, the Corn Ferry Tour could put out, they could develop a gaming, gambling niche, like cut it to three three rounds, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Just don't compete with the PGA Tour, and then you'll just get people who like to bet on golf or DGENs who just want to play DraftKings all the time. They'll play this for sure. But like I said, if it's yeah. going head-to-head, no one wants to play it. Yeah, that's that's the thing. You've got you've got to run you've got to run opposite. You've got to be you know the only golf show in town, so to speak, and and just make it available. Yeah, we'll we'll I'll show up. I'll I'll come in and put some lineups in. I'll do some uh, I'll do some previews. It's all good. Yeah, and I mean, I'm sure I can uh, talk to Moose. He can get fantasynational.com. I'll load it up with corn fairy people. We were thinking about doing it for the outlaw tour. We we're like, well, we have no stats to put in. Not only okay, so a little peek behind the curtain here. Uh, so, and even in the stats that they do have, like there's duplicates of all of these players. So like you might see KK Limbasu listed three different times in like the scoring average section. I'm like, it's it, it ain't pretty, Pat. No, I, I'm actually kind of shocked they got up like over the past 
since they've started doing the Periscope, basically since DraftKings has started running contests for the Outlaw Tour and people, like, took it seriously, that their tech has really... It's not, like, PGA Tour-type tech, but they've really done enough effort into it that you can find stuff now it's usable now like it's not just completely in the dark anymore and remember when i mean they were doing you were only getting scoring updates every nine holes you were just getting them in batches as these guys finished the front nine and then as they finished uh the final round now i'm pretty sure this was the case like two weeks ago i don't know if they're still doing it but the players are now responsible for putting their scores in after every hole yeah so you're getting you're getting in theory, live-ish updates to the leaderboards, which is um, huge, huge hit. One thing that I really wanted was like putts per round. I know it's not like a great metric, but like Spawn, I think, shot even par in the final round last week. But I, I, I thought he was going to play this week, and I assume he's playing next week. But I would like to know, it's like, oh, did he put it to 10, like not even necessarily 10 feet, but did he hit 18 out of 18 greens in regulation and, and two-putted every single one? Like, I'd like to know that kind of thing. Just like, at least I could glean something from that. It's like, oh, he hit 20% of greens in regulation. It's like, oh, I get how that correlates to a 72. But if he hit 16 out of 18, but he didn't make a birdie, it's like, what the hell is going on here? Like, maybe it just, that's the case of, chasing a guy who is good talent wise, but just had a cold putter because he'd been off for two months. Yeah. That, that, that's another thing. When, when the PGA tour does come back, like Rory, Rory just picked up his clubs for the first time in seven weeks, like yesterday. And, and Shane Lowry was, uh, I saw, you know, I saw Lowry chips. <laughs> yeah. These, these guys are going to have a lot of rust to, uh, to shake off. I think. Yeah. That's why the first tournament bet you bet Sanjay, you bet Bryson. Those are the two guys you want. Oh yeah. Well, Bryson's been hitting um, a thousand balls a day in his driveway uh, and then just pumping iron in between the guys, an absolute machine. And you know, Sung Jay, I mean, I see Instagram videos of Sung Jay every single day on the course. Yeah. He's still playing Uh, fun, fun story. So, so KK wins last week. And when we were waiting for our, our interview, he was out on the course playing. I'm like, dude, you don't like even take a day off after winning what is a major on the Golden State Tour. And he was like, I'll, I'll take off Saturday. Like, that's my one day to take off. I have nothing else to do. I'm going to keep playing golf. Let's talk PGA schedule then. This is what the people are here for. Again, if you just put in your email at fantasynational.com, free access to the site until the PGA actually returns. And that is at least tentatively scheduled for June 11th. Charles Schwab Challenge, Colonial CC, a tournament that's been very good to me over the years. Hopefully, I am back from paternity leave before that is, and I may even have to talk to my wife and say, look, we need someone to come over to watch child number one while I go film betting and DraftKings shows for the Charles Schwab Challenge. Then I can just be off the rest of the week, and you know, I can come back and be full-time dad again here uh, to, our, to our oldest, who... Rick, I'm not going to lie to you. Having a kid that's uh, 16 months old along with a newborn is not going to be pretty, especially like in quarantine where our family can't come up to help. Uh, so it's just the two of us in a really small condo. I think we're going to kill each other. Yeah, I'm, I'm rooting for you guys. <laughs> I'm hoping, hoping you survive it. That does not sound uh, sound too pleasant. And uh, yeah, man, I'm, 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 I'm rooting for you. So here's what we got. I'm shocked that they didn't, and I mean, I know that the sponsors came in and said, oh, we want this date, we want this date, we don't want our tournament to be canceled, but I thought they would have clustered the travel together a little bit better than they did, so we go Colonial June 11th, 
the following week is now Heritage. So that is in South Carolina. And then the Travelers remains unchanged. That's in Connecticut. And then we're going to Detroit. Like, that's just a lot of travel all around. Like, you think you would have been, oh, well, you know, we'll add a South Carolina course. Sorry, Rocket Mortgage. Like, this year you're in, I don't know, Charleston or something. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I thought so, too. Um, I, I thought they would have created uh, basically, like, the Florida swing or the Southeast swing and then the Northwest swing. Uh, doesn't appear like like that's the case. Uh, PGA Tour, I obviously didn't think that was uh, a major priority, but I, I too was surprised to see that outside of changing dates and, and canceling and postponing or whatever, like, yeah, courses didn't change or, hey, we'll get you next year rocket mortgage in Detroit. <laughs> we'll, we're going somewhere else. I, I agree. This, this was probably the most surprising part of the schedule. So at least it, it, it opens up a little bit because then it goes to Detroit, which I guess makes sense because you have the Rocket Mortgage. Then the next week you have TPC Deer Run for the John Deere Classic. That's in Illinois, so it's not too far away. And then you go to Ohio for the Memorial. Like Those three are at least clustered. Then you're back to Minnesota for the 3M. So at least that month. I would ex- I'm just curious how a lot of guys are going to plan this out in terms of scheduling. I would guess that guys play all four of those weeks or three of those four weeks because there's not a whole lot of travel involved. The logistics are pretty easy. Uh, you can drive to each of those events. You don't need to fly. Like that, There's certain stuff like that that we're going to have to factor in, not necessarily us in prognosticating, but just to see who's going to play these events. And if I'm one of these events, I'm like, hey, Tiger Woods, here's $10 million. Please come <laughs> play our event. Yeah, well, uh, maybe, but if they're not letting fans in, the gate might not matter if Tiger's there or not. Um, but you're, you're right. So, And then especially that stretch of golf that you just described, it does not end with the Open Championship like it normally would. So guys that would normally not want to play three out of four weeks or four out of four weeks leading up to a major don't necessarily have that concern anymore. So I do think you'll get, um, you know, in a world where these guys are all trying to peak four times a year, there's what one major this season and six next season. So um, the schedules are going to be weird. You can, you will see guys play four, maybe five weeks in a row. If it makes sense when they normally wouldn't have. wait, there's six majors next year. So next season, I guess, I so, guess. Yeah. If you include the masters, yeah. U S open masters and then the normal four, right? Yeah, They're not playing like two British opens to make up for the canceled. one. No. Yeah, so that they, would be cool. But I mean, there, there was a, I mean, there's an argument to be made that uh, like, if we get a guy who goes on a stretch of golf, like we saw Jordan Spieth get on or Jason day who won like nine times in 17 months or whatever. Like if someone gets on one of those stretches in the next 17 months or whatever, they're going to win like three majors back to like, it's just going to be insane. If you can catch fire, you can rattle off a ton of huge wins right in a row they could like i think it it would be such a huge advantage for one of the world's top tens just to say fuck it i'm playing every week like i heard jason day wants to do that that i don't think many of them are going to do that so if you could catch fire you could reel off a lot of these in a short stretch like almost like brendan todd did in a weird way and like I don't think these fields are going to be exceptionally strong until we get later on down the line. Like the colonial might be pretty strong. It's in Texas. There's a lot of guys in Texas. People will make their way there. But I think as we get to, I don't think that the field at TPC deer run for the John Deere classic is necessarily going to be more powerful than it's been in any other year. Do you? No, I also think there's going to be a really interesting conversation that these guys are going to have about, Hey, do I punt? 
the FedEx Cup playoffs this year, yes. which I think is going to be the answer for a lot of them uh, for to, to be ready for next year, right? Because I think I, I don't have it in front of me, but Brooks Kepka is like outside the 200 in the FedEx Cup standings or something like that. If he has any chance of making the tour championship, he's going to have to play a ton. I don't think he's going to do it. So uh, I think this year that I think that really depends, though, because you go. Let's see here. You have July 30th, WGC FedEx in Memphis, which Brooks won last year. And then what is mm-hmm. it? The next week you have the PGA Championship. So you just have right. one decent showing in one of those two events, and all of a sudden you're in the playoffs. Yeah, that's probably true. I, I just think that there's going to be some percentage of these top guys who don't make this year's FedEx cup a, a priority, especially because what two weeks after the two weeks after the tour championship is the U S opener or something crazy like that. So we'll, we'll see. Um, but we might have a tour championship and the 30 guys are Sebastian Munoz, Cam champ got Brendan Todd guys that got off to a good start at, at the beginning of the year. Well, I actually bet I, I found a bad line on Sebastian Munoz and bet him at 2,500 to one to win the masters. Uh, what was it supposed to be? Two fifty to one? Yeah, I guess so. Like they dropped, uh, they, they I think they dropped it to six hundred to one now. To, to, that that's like that's like past champions range. That's like you know, yeah, Mo- Sandy Lyle range or Larry Mize range. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah that's he, that's a that's he, a bad number. He was the same as Mike Weir and Larry Mize at twenty five hundred to one. He's now six hundred to one, uh, yeah. and they haven't canceled the bet. So I guess they're they're letting it ride. I played the each way on that. I mean, it was mainly to play the each way. I don't think that right. Munoz is going to win the Masters, right. but for I believe it's 625 to one to finish inside the top five. Like I think he has a better than one in 625 to one chance of finishing top five at the masters. Like the guy is one of the best putters on earth. I know he's never played there before, but like have two rounds where you make everything and like you come forth. <laughs> yeah. Back, back, back door your way into a, a, a T five. You're all good. Yeah. I love it. Obviously yeah, it would pay for like, you know, two years worth of golf bets. It'd be fantastic. <laughs> That's awesome. But it's, it's hard to do anything like, if I was going to make any future wagers right now, whether it be for the Masters, the PGA Championship, or the U.S. Open, I would basically only bet American players or players that I knew were currently in America. Because what the fuck happens to all the European players that they're overseas? Can they even get into the country? Yeah, it's it's weird. Um, there's been a, there's been a kind of a lot of stories coming out about these guys not sure what they're going to do and the European tour um has come out and been like hey the european tour might not look like what it normally looks like we might play two events back to back at the same course because we're, we're we're worried about travel concerns here in europe let alone getting these guys back and forth to the states or not so uh, i agree with you and as more information comes out with travel restrictions or everything like that, we'll know more. But yeah, if you were betting right now, it wouldn't be Eric Fun Ruin. It wouldn't be some of those guys that are that are stationed overseas. Uh, it would be guys that are here and 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 playing locally. Yeah, I wouldn't even think about that. Like if you, because I don't think that Rory's going to play. Play what? At, like at all? Oh, okay. He, he like, I, thought, I thought he meant play the Masters. No, he might end up playing the Masters, but I don't think he's going to play in the PGA Championship. At least based on the comments that he's made so far about like safety concerns. And he's like, fuck it. I'm rich. What do I care? He's, he's been the trailblazer, like the most woke one, or at least the most outspoken one. And he, I, I I still contend he was the one that shut this whole thing down when we were like after round one of the players. And he was like, if any player or any single caddy gets this, 
we're done. And then Monahan's hand was kind of forced in that situation. So uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, you know, uh, he, if he's just gearing up for what Ryder cup, if it happens with or without fans and then Augusta in November, it wouldn't surprise me to see him skip out on anything. Yeah. It, it's just where that one's the first one back. Like, do we know where Rom is right now? Uh, I don't know where Rom is right now. Let's see. Uh, I'm going to check out this Instagram video. When's this from April 19th? It looks like he is in Arizona, so he's probably mm. good. But like, if these guys, I think it would be worth looking into where some of these top players are. Like, if Rory, like, is Rory still stateside? Because I think he's back overseas. I thought he was working out in Jupiter the other day. Okay, if that's the case, then probably all bets are off on this. But if guys like, I think Fleetwood is back overseas. I don't know where Hideki's at right now. He's probably still in the states. It's unfortunate that all the Euros are way down the list. But like Rose and those type of guys. I was just looking at Rose. You know, Rose is fifty to one to win the PGA Championship. Okay, uh, I don't have a bet on it, but I am a big Justin Rose rest of the year guy uh, because this hiatus allows him to get right with those tailor made clubs that he dropped. Like he dropped Hanma just a couple weeks before. The, maybe the week before the players and now he can get right i i like him at augusta uh, a place where he's had success he, he lost in a playoff to sergio like i i may i may buy low on justin rose right now kind of guy yeah i think last time you were on the show we made a justin rose masters future wager i had him at 45 to 1 i was like let's go yeah i i think i i think i picked him up too i because for the most part uh the only only bets I had for futures were ones that didn't get canceled. Uh, so I think I have a JT one out there, but I, I'm sure I added Rose at some point because I was like, oh my God, he's going to he's gonna get all dialed in with his old Taylor maids and be ready to rock and roll. Yeah, my master's card as it stands right now, I have Justin Thomas at 20 to 1, Bryson at 50 to 1, Rose at 45, and Munoz at 2,500 to 1. <laughs> Bryson, by the time by the time we get to Augusta, Bryson's going to be hitting six iron off every tee because he's going to be nuking it three hundred yards. The guy's going to weigh four fifty. Yeah, like I, I don't know where. Like again, if people can actually go out and do the research on this, like if Adam Scott is currently in Australia and Fleetwood is in England, that if there are travel restrictions, and let's say let's say Rory's not in Jupiter, let's say somehow you figure out that he's probably not going to play or anything like that. Like th those are three guys inside the top 10 in terms of the overall betting board that it makes the top of the board a bit more intriguing just because you can kind of cancel some people out if they can't actually play. Yeah. Th those three guys are like 15% of the win equity <laughs> combined. Yeah. So guys like Dustin, Dustin and Brooks are both 14 to one right now to win the PGA championship. Those are probably also too good just in general. Like if you were buying stock, buying buying Brooks and DJ, guys that are coming off injuries, not necessarily playing all that great, just getting time feels good to them. All right. I think that'll do it on the Pat Mayo Experience. PGA Tour, Corn Ferry Tour, Outlaw Tour. Rick Gaiman, you got anything else? No, that is all. <laughs> How's the uh, simulation tournaments going? Uh, they're going good. Yeah. I, I was, uh, you know, very surprised that people, I mean, I guess I shouldn't have been, we, we kind of talked about just something to follow along with something to enjoy. So yeah, I've been, you know, spreadsheetgolf.com is a little project me and my buddy whipped up and just, you know, runs Thursday to Sunday, lets you follow along with, with what's going on. You can, you can put some teams in. It's just been a fun way to, to pass the time until hopefully fingers crossed, Pat, June 11th, we're, we're back at this. Yes. Let's, let's hope that all comes back. Run a millionaire maker for colonial. I, 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 <laughs> yeah, I, I guess fill it, it would you'll fill. fill it instantly. <laughs> yeah. If not, I'll run a Pat Mayo experience open with like 10,000 seats or something yeah. like that. And it'll probably fill pretty quickly. Anyway, yeah, we're, 
Rick, where can people download the podcast, watch the videos, and follow you on Twitter and go to your website? <laughs> yeah, Twitter at Rick Run Good. It's DFSOnDemand.com, YouTube, and uh, the podcast. If you search, you know, Rick Run Good, you'll find me. Everything's everything's out there. All right. I'm Pat Mayo. You can follow me at the PME. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Remember to smash the like button on your way out. Leave a review for the audio podcast and share this on social media. This show in particular, if you want to get into a draw for an outlaw tour hoodie, you can do that at the PME on all social media platforms. Thank you all for watching. Rest of the week, we got football times two. We got some MMA. We got some challenge recaps. More Pat Mayo experiences coming at you every single day. I'll see you next time. Pat Mayo experience. Experience!